All right, Shavosei, good morning, good morning. Let us begin a beautiful daf ahead of us today. Begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's shear. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Elul. Shane and Avram Kalman for dedicating all the Shirman Drushos this month in honor of Yechiel's engagement to Alana Falik and in memory of our par- their parents, Jerome and Bernice Kalman, Alexander and Federica David, Zichoron Livracha. Barak, Maya, Sandy Hafman, Dara Limas, and Avi Malamid for dedicating all the Shirman this month in memory of Ruven Ben Emanuel, Ayal and Sarah Steinberg for dedicating all the Shirman this month. In the Schutz of Rafua Shalima for Shulamis Bas Susha, the Dafyomi Shia for dedicating the Shurim this month in the Schutz of Rafua Shalima for Yehuda Ben Michal. First, we thank our Day of Learning sponsor, Steve Golaskov, for dedicating the learning today in memory of his father, Nochum Sender Ben Meshulam Nason, whose Hakamas Matseva unveiling is today. We hope that the merit of our Tamator, the Nisham will have an Aliyah, the family Einachama, all of those who need a Rafua should have one together with Kol Choli. So, and I both say, of course, it goes without saying that today, September 11th, is the anniversary of the worst terror attack to ever occur on American soil, cleaning the lives of a few thousand innocent individuals. We, of course, dedicate our learning today in their memory. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, their neshamas will have an aliyah, their families will have an achama, and halavai, we hope. We daven every single day for the day Mashiach will come, such evil will be eradicated from the face of the earth, and mankind will be blanketed in Mirat Hashem by an everlasting sense of shalom. I will say with that, let us begin. Today's Daf is Samech Zayin 67, and we are picking up in Merit Hashem on Daf Samech Zayin. Thanks for coming to keep. we're picking up on Samech Zayin. So, <laughs> so we're going to start, we're going to start at the two Daf in Merit Hashem. We have a really beautiful Gemara ahead of us today, some incredible sugya. So let's begin. Amr of Shman Abba. So I will say on 67a, about uh, two, four, six, eight, ten lines down from the top. So let's remember again, one of the topics we had in the Mishnah is that when a woman brings in items as her dowry, as her dunya, those items were valued, were valued. Now, and those values were recorded inside of the ksuba, so that in the event of death or divorce, not only is a, what we'll call, ikar ksuba paid out, but whatever nedunya that she brought in is also technically paid out as well. But what we've seen from the Mishnah is that some items are recorded at value, some items have their value increased, some of the items have their value decreased. Again, so we, we continue with that theme. So, what happens if a woman brings gold into the marriage? So, what's Talachim? We ultimately we value it, we value it, or evaluate it, we appraise it. And again, it's recorded in the Ksuva at its value. Look at Rashi, last white line in Rashi. Vahariu kishabiyav, lo yosif shlish, v'loyif chos So gold apparently is neither appreciated nor depreciated. May say, is that true? Hazav, hariu kekelim. Yet we learn in the Braisa that gold is like utensils. My love kekelim shal kasef. Deparsi, is it not ultimately again? Like kalim, like like I'm sorry, like, like utensils of silver, depoxy, ultimately again, which are depreciated. So the gemara says, "Lo kikalim shall zav de lopoxy." No, it's like golden utensils, ultimately again, that are not diminished in value. Imkain kikay love me by If that's the case, then the brisa should have said hazav hari hu kikay love gold. Now both say by the way, I'll point out over here. Rashi points out that the zav we're talking about is zav shavur, broken gold. Gold pieces. 
we're actually going to make a distinction between solid gold, gold pieces, gold dust, and gold chips. How about we should all be zochet to have to know these distinctions? So the Gemara goes right to Vaotanya. Furthermore, we learned. Furthermore, we learned Zav. How are you okay, Kalim? So ultimately, Zav, gold, are like uten- is like utensils. Dinari Zav, Harinkik Safim. But again, dinarim of gold ultimately again are like silver. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says, "Omer b'makom shenagu shalavartan shamin osan v'harihin b'shivyan." So Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says, quoting another brayso, we'll say, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says that at the end of this brayso, that in a place where gold coins ultimately again are not normally exchanged. If you look at Rashi, Rashi Lefartan, it's in the short lines of Rashi, about six lines in Lefartan. Sheishlan kitzvas matbeya lachlifan tamad bedinari keset obeprutos lotzos charavosei. Generally, if you had gold coins, as nice as that sounds, it's kind of like walking to walking into a convenience store, you know, with a hundred dollar bill, right? Off, often you're going to have a problem. You're going to have a problem. So gold coins, as nice as they sound. They're not really liquid. So, so, the, so Rabbi Shimon says over here, in a place where they did not normally exchange. So the Fartan means an ability to go ahead and readily exchange gold coins into smaller denominations. Shaman al-Sun, you appraise them. Baharihim b'shivyan. And ultimately, again, they remain with that appraisal. In other words, not depreciated, not depreciated. Rabbi Shimon Leal here. So Rabbi which, which part of the Raisa is Rabbi Shimon referring to if he's referring to the latter part of the Braissa, sounds like the Tanakama holds that gold, gold coins are appraised at their value, even in, a, even in a place where they are not normally readily exchangeable. But here's the problem, they can't be used as, as real liquid cash. He must be referring to the Reisha. Gold, in general, is treated like utensils. My kalim, what, what kalim are we referring to? Kalim shal kasef. Ultimately, again, they are treated like kalim shal kasef. Ultimately, again, they are treated like silver utensils. Okay, the Gemara says, says, well, Ultimately, again, Rav says, no, gold Gold itself can be treated like dinarim of gold in a place where they are not readily exchangeable. To which the Gemara says, Lo, the Olam Asefa, maybe not, Rimbushimil is ultimately going on the Seifa, and perhaps what we're talking about over here is when a person has gold dinarim that could be used. In other words, they are usable, but they're usable with, with a degree of difficulty. In other words, they're not as readily usable as other forms of currency. But ultimately, again, they're usable idea track with some difficulty. And I will say here is what they are arguing about. So one opinion says that ultimately, since they are usable, albeit with a bit of difficulty, therefore, we appreciate the value of them when they include them in the Braissa. Others say, since they're not readily usable, but they're only usable ayadeh atchak. Therefore, when we, rec- when we record it in the ksuva, we do not appreciate the value. Ebay, so another possibility is, maybe the entire price reflects the katani, And perhaps there's something missing. And here is how it is supposed to be recorded. Here we go. Zav, hariyu kekelem. Gold, 
is treated like utensils. Dinari zav harehen kinksafim. Ultimately, again, so dinari zav are treated like cash, are treated like cash, and therefore the, their valuations in the ksuva reflect these realities. But when is this so? Ultimately, again, in a place where, where gold coins were readily usable. But in a place where gold coins are not readily usable, we appraise them. And therefore, they're recorded in the Ksuva at their value. Why? Because holds that any place where gold or gold coins in this case are not readily exchangeable and usable, they are appraised at their value and we record that value in the Ksuva. So it says in Gemara, Mika Makom, Kike love me by I but still we go back to our original question that it should have said that gold is like its, its utensils. Kasha, Enachinami, the Gemara says that's a Kasha. Ibai, similar, but another possibility is, what's the case? Bidava Pricha. When we talk about gold, what are we talking about? Gold chips, as I mentioned before. Gold chips. Rabashi Yamar, Bemamlo. Rabashi says, no, we're not talking about gold chips. Rather, what? We're talking about gold dust. Gold dust. So both say, bottom line, bottom line. What do we do with gold? What do we do with gold? Tzamech Lokes. And I both say, what I just want to point out, so what's the conclusion of the sugya? So remember again, I quoted to you when we started this, and we actually we mentioned this already last week. So the Rambam's position is with these kind of things, hakol holich achar minagamadina. Right, when it comes to these type of valuations, here, here, here's essentially what we know. What we know is that Allah said there's two parts of the, it was three, there's three parts of the Ksuba. What are the three parts of the Ksuba? Well, there's more than three, but well, so financially there's three. There's Iker Ksuba, which is either 200 or 100, depending on first marriage, second marriage. There's Tosefes. How much is Tosefes? How much is Tosefes? Whatever the husband chooses. And then number three, there's Nadunya. And what's Nadunya? Nadunya is what the wife is bringing into the marriage that ultimately, again, we record values in the Ksuba. So in the event of dissolution of the marriage, the wife gets back her nidunya. What we've now seen when it comes to nidunya is what? There are certain items that appreciate, there are certain items that depreciate. There are certain items that will remain extant and certain items that we know ultimately, again, will be used up over the course of the marriage. So how to go ahead and record these values in the ksuva, the Rambam just simply says, you can't codify it. You can't really codify it. Because Lemaisa, again, everything depends, we're going to see some more, everything depends on where you are. But here's what we know, right? Our takeaway from this is, everything she brings in into the marriage is ultimately categorized and is recorded. Some appreciated, some depreciated, some at its actual value. Some other examples of this, very interesting examples. Let's say she brings in, she brings in spices, from Antokya, look at Rashi. B'sam Mishal Antokya, who ikar scholrasan v'isha shech nisa lebayla shum mehem harikik safim the whole fish the whole sif shlish. So I will say, let's say she brings in these these spices from Antokya, which in Antokya was like a primary item, a primary staple of commerce. Harayen kik safim is treated ultimately again like money. Namely, Rashi points out over here that it is recorded in the Ksuva at an appreciated value. Arabian camels. 
let's say she brings into the marriage Arabian camels. So ultimately, again, Isha Gova Parna. Ultimately, again, a woman will collect Parna. Rabbi means a prophet. What does that mean, Rashi? Revach Shlish. So we'll say Rashi records this as, as these items are recorded in the Ksuva, an additional third, a third appreciation. The Bach and others told us read has it at an additional half. Okay, the point over here is these items are recorded not at their actual value, but rather at an appreciated value. Amra Papi, Hani Tusvi Debe Machsi. These what was it? What are Tusvi Debe Machsi? Rashi says over here, Smalos Shal Oso Makom. These clothing, shirts. Of bimachsi again, these were specific kind of garments. If a woman brings them into the marriage, isha gova parna mehem, they are recorded in the ksuba with an appreciated value. Bamra papi, honey saki dirudya, vaashli de kamchunya. Similarly, again, if she brings in these sacks from rudya or these ropes from kamchunya, isha gova parna mehem. Once again, they are recorded in the ksuba. At an appreciated value. But Amar Rava, Rava said, Rava said, So now, They're both say, Here we're switching gears a, a little bit, a little bit. This discussion, Rava say, changes to now a husband died and a woman wants to collect her ksuva from the estate. From the estate. So now what happens? So Rava said, I thought in the beginning, Hani Arniki de Mechuza. It was like the money bags of Mechuza. So apparently in Mechuza it was common for people to keep bags of money. So Rabbi said, I thought in the beginning that when a woman wants to collect her ksuba from the estate, Isha Gova Parna Mehem, ultimately she collects her ksuba from what? From the bags of money in Mechuza. Now look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, Parna, so Rav is saying, in Mechuza, where they often kept bags of money, I thought that when a woman collected her ksuba, she was going to collect her ksuba from those bags of money. My time, well, what's the reason? Because what's very interesting, because a woman has das, that that's where her ksuba is going to come from. Because since there are literally... Bags of money lying around in Mechuz, right? Literally bags of money. So that is an easy way to collect the value of the Ksuva. So she has Smichos Das. What we'll Smichos Das means her Das is collected from there, and Bepashtos, her husband's Das, is to pay it from there. So Rabbi said, originally, I thought that's where women will collect her Ksuva from. Kevon de Chazoi, the Shakli Lehu, the Nafki, the Chimashkichi Ara Zabini Behu. But then when I saw the people do an interesting thing, what do people do? They go out and they take the money and what? And what? Purchase land. So they take the money and purchase land with it. I realized that people's das ultimately again was on land. See, I will say, here's what's interesting. At the end of the day, what Rabbi was saying is like this. Originally, I thought that a person would go ahead and a woman would go ahead and have smichas das to collect the money. But then when I saw, what does a woman do with the bag of money that she takes in Mechuz? What does she do with it? She buys land. Because what's at the end of the day, a woman wants to make, oh, the Ksuba payment is what she has. Right? That's what she has. So it doesn't make sense that she's going to slap around or hold on to a bag of money. She's going to take the bag of money. She's going to invest it into real estate. So Rabbi said, once I saw that they were buying real estate anyway, I realized that really her Ksuba should be collected from real property and not from movable property, even from a bag of money. Okay.
Beautiful. We'll say, take a look at Rashi. Asmikatinu alayu. Rashi is as you know. Fine. So we'll say, so that's there. Good. So therefore, I just want to point out that last case was just a shift. Because up until now, we've been focusing on ultimately is what? Is halach halamaisa the, the recording of Nadunya. This, the Gemara switched gears now to her collecting from the estate. Not her Nadunya, but instead what? Her Ksuva. Beautiful. And we'll say, here we go. Mishnah. If a person want, if a person is marrying off his daughter, so what is the minimum the minimum amount of dowry that one should give to their daughter? Minimum amount fifty zos, fifty zos. arum. So we'll say this is an interesting expression. Let's say the father stipulated. Right, he said to the chassan, "I'm marrying off my daughter unclothed." which was an expression that meant, I'm not giving my daughter anything. So let's say a father stayed, he sat down with the chassan, right, heart to heart, I'm not giving my daughter anything. What's the halacha? Lo yomar habal kisha achni sena lebesi akasno biksusi ele mechase ve'olga beisabiha. So we'll say, here's what's interesting. Under normal circumstances, a chassan is not obligated to clothe his wife until when? Until she enters his home. But in this case, where he realizes that the father is not giving her anything, he's not allowed to say, I, when she comes to live in my home, I'll begin to clothe her. Rather, right after Erison, he has the obligation to clothe her. What's the novelty here? Even though what? Even though what? Even though she is still living in her father's home. So the Gemara said, the chain, Hamas Yisayisoma. So too, again, if one marries off a Yisoma. So we'll say, so that's halacha. So it's really 12 halachas over here. Halacha number one, minimum amount of dowry, 50 zos. Halacha number two, if father says, I'm not giving my daughter any dowry, says this to the chassan, chassan assumes responsibility to clothe his wife immediately after Erisin, even though they are not living together. Next, last halacha, v'chein amas yesei soma, I will say so too, let's say a girl, so this is a yisoma, she has no parents. Who's paying for a chasana? Staka funds, the community charity fund. Right, so we'll say, so the, let's say the community is marrying off a Yisoma. The community should not give her a dowry of less than 50 Zos. And if the Tzedaka fund has more money, then ultimately, again, we should give her a dowry that's even more reflective of her station. So the idea, we'll say, is in that third halacha, which we're going to spend some significant time on today, is that halacha la if the community is marrying her off, once again, minimum dowry of 50 zuz, unless, of course, there's more money in the tzedakah fund. In that case, we should give her even a larger dowry, reflecting, reflecting the cover of her family. Excuse me. Oh, Rabbi. Here we go. Rabbi says, Chabishim zuz, pshiti. Rabbi says, by the way, the 50 zuz, the 50 zuz minimum dowry, is what we call, what we call simple zuz. Well, so we had this in last week's daf as well. There's what we call Zuze Pshiti and Zuze Turi. So in other words, Tyrian Zuz or regular Zuz. Tyrian Zuz were, were a much higher, were a much higher value currency. Zuze Pshiti were a lower value. So the Gemara just want to point out that when we speak about 50 Zuzim, we're talking about the more minimal currency. Zuzi Pshiti. How do we know this? So we'll because we said in the end of the Mishnah that if in the kiss, in the pocket, what's the pocket? The pocket is the communal tzedakah fund. If the communal tzedakah fund has more money, we ultimately give her more than 50 zuz. 
My kiss, what's the kiss? Amrach ba arniki shal tzedakah. Literally again, it's the wallet of tzedakah. V'yisakadaitin chamishim zuzin mamish. And if you think that chamishim zuzin means, means the higher level zuzin, the Tyrian zuzin. Ultimately again, the Gemara says, So I'm sorry, v'yisakadaitin chamishim zuzin mamish. Emyesh ba kiss. Kama yavin Allah. So we'll say, just to point out, a dowry a 50 Zuzi Turi, of 50 Tyrian Zuzin, would have been an enormous amount of money. So I will say, so again, any woman who would get such a, such a dollar like that would be in wonderful shape. So then, would the Tzedakah Fund be obligated to give her more than that? It doesn't make sense. Therefore, it must be that when the Mishnah discusses, the Lashnah discusses the 50 Zuzin, what type of Zuzin are we talking about? What we call Zuzi Pshiti. The lower level Zuzin. Incredible. So the Gemara says, We'll say some really fascinating halachas. So let's say again, there is a boy orphan and a girl orphan who come to the Tzedakah Fund because they need help. And I will say, let's say again, there's only enough money to help one of them. We first support the girl and then support the boy. Why? Because it was it is the derech of a man to go ahead and to go ahead and literally go door to door. If he has to collect, he'll collect. But it's not the derech. It's not the derech of a woman to have to go ahead. When we say it's not the derech of the woman, what we're really saying over here is it's much more humiliating for a woman to have to ask than it is for a man. So therefore, again, if there's only a limited amount of money in the tzedakah fund, we'll go ahead and we'll give to the girl, we'll give to the, well, in this case, it's a girl, it's a yisoma, we'll give to the girl and not to the boy. Amr Beis. Amr Beis. So the, I'm sorry, actually not yet. So yasam yisoma, next case. Yasam yisoma, shabau, now Amr Beis, shabau, shabau minase. Shabau says, so remember, case number one was a case of tzedakah. Right? I have a yasam and a yisoma that show up, show up, both needing funds. There's only enough money for one of them. What does the Mishnah say? What does the Gemara say? Give to the yasam, give to the yisoma, not to the yasam, give to the girl, not to the boy. Because again, it's easier for a man to have to ask than it is for a woman. Good. Next case. Yasam, yisoma, shibayon, minaseh. So you have yasam and yisoma who came to get married. In other words, they need community help in order to get married. We go ahead and we marry off the Yisoma and then the Yasam. So in other words, we provide for her wedding before I provide for his wedding. What's the logic? So this is very interesting. At the end of the day, why? Because the embarrassment of a woman of being unmarried is greater than the embarrassment of a man. So the idea over here is that there's, there's a more acute need for the Yisoma to get married, then there is ultimately again for the Yasam. I will say, by the way, it's also been in financial security. So I've done this many times before. And especially again, a woman had financial security either by living with her father or by living with her husband. Obviously, if she's Yisoma, she doesn't have a father. So again, it's not just the Boshas that it's, that, it's humi- that, that it's more embarrassing for women to be unmarried than a man. It's also a sense of security. Good. So I'll say, let's go back to Tana Abanon. Yasam Shebalisa. So let's listen to this, this is incredible. So let's say Yasam comes to get married. So we'll say, so, so now, so now he's, coming, he's coming to us to get married. And so he doesn't have the funds to get married. So we want to set him up to be successful in life. So listen to this. So we rent him a house. We go ahead and we buy him, we buy him furniture, a bed. 
you know, and, and all, all, all the utensils for the house, the Acharkach Masiyanlo. And then we marry him off. In other words, they both say, we want to set him up for success in life. So how do you set him up for success in life? First, he should have a house. Right? He should have a place to live. He should have some furniture. And then ultimately, again, then he could be successful in life. Shinamar. Shabbos say, what, what's unique about this Gemara is a couple of things. First of all, obviously, you know, you know, societal trends have changed, right? So again, today, right, ultimately young people only find financial security much later on. Obviously not much later on, but sometime later on. I would say, but the idea of here from the Gemara's perspective is a man has to be a provider from the beginning. I would say, I'll point out, now, now again, is, is, that, is that everyone... There was always a concept, I just want to point out, there was always a concept of people sitting and learning and being supported. There was always a concept like that. But understand that historically, there was always a miut sheba miut. It was a minority. A minority of a minority. In other words, the, the elite, those who would go on to become something just dramatically amazing for Kavad Yisrael, were the ones who sat. But in general, in general, it was, it was the out, those were the outliers, not, not, not the norm. So the norm was, the norm was, you got married and you were able to provide a life of financial security from the beginning. That, that, that was the norm. Again, obviously societal trends change over time. Okay, fine. So the Gemara says as follows. So therefore, we'll say the idea that the Gemara is highlighting is, this guy, this Yasum, shows up to Bezin. He shows up to Bezin because he wants to get married. So now, now what we want to do is we want to set him up. We want to set him up to be successful. So what do we do? So we get him a house. We get him some furniture, and then we marry him off. Shenemar, deimach soro asher yachsalo. So I will say, I want to point out, there's a really very interesting pasuk. The pasuk talks about Obiyar, ki pasuach tiftach es yadcha. Talking about how you treat the poor person. Open up your hand to the poor person, right? Open up your hand, and what? Vaveit tavitenu. Literally, again, give him. Give him and give him. Vaveit tavitenu means give him and give him. Deimach soro that which he is missing, which is deficient for him. So a lot of repetitive Lashon over here. So I'm always going to analyze the Pasuk. Here we go. That which he is missing, that refers to a home. Give him a home. Which he is missing, this refers to a bed and a table, basic furniture. Lo, that which is missing for him, zuisha. This refers to a wife. Bechinu Omer, eselo ezer kinegdo. When speaking about Chava, Hashem says, I will make for him lo a helpmate corresponding to the Bosai. So I just want to point out something amazing. So just look, look what just happened in that Pasik. What happened in that Pasik is, Demach Sura Sheyachsalo. So Demach Sura, that refers to a home. Asheyachsar, that refers to furniture. Lo refers to a wife. The Bosai, the concept of helping someone get married is a form of tzedakah, which is an incredible thing. So the notion of helping the ani find the wife is in the same pasuk of tzedakah. So you see, I will say, by the way, you see, some people think that getting involved in shiduchim, not getting involved in shiduchim, I, I don't do that. I will say, not getting involved in shiduchim is like saying, I don't give tzedakah. I, I, I don't do that. I don't do If you would hear someone say, it's that, I don't do that. Like, really? You, you don't do that? It's like a mitzvah. You don't do that. I want to point out that, that it's so important.
for a person to try to be metapal in shiduchim, to try to get involved in shiduchim, to, to some degree, everyone knows single boys, and everyone knows single girls, and at the end of the day, if you could have a hand in helping to bring people together, it's an incredible mitzvah. And in fact, you see the Gemara Darshins that it's part of the mitzvah of tzedakah. When this yasam comes along, the same way that we want to give him a house, and we want to give him furniture, we also want to help him find a wife. And again, that helping him find a wife is literally included in the mitzvah of tzedakah. It's so beautiful. So I will say, the Gemara goes right there. So I will say, now, now, we're going to do some incredible tzedakah soyas. Incredible tzedakah soyas. Here we go. Tana Abano. Deimachsero. So remember again, I will say, this, this lotion, this lotion of deimachsero means, literally, deimachsero, dai, dai, means enough, Machsero, he's deficient, which means when you give tzedakah, give it a way that allows a deficient person to become whole. In other words, the mitzvah of tzedakah bigadol is to take someone who is chaser, someone who is lacking, and give them dai, give them enough. So here we go. Atamutsuva alov lefarnaso. Ultimately, again, you are mechuyev to help support a person. Biatamutsuva alov li ashro. But you're not obligated to make a person rich. Right? So the Gemara says, Asher yechsar lo. Shabbos, here's what's interesting. So the Gemara says, there's like gradations here. Deimachsero means, when I look at the Ani, I try to figure out what? What's stage one? Stage one, what are you lacking? What are you lacking? So what do you need in order to be a, just a basically whole person? What is it that you need? So that, that's Deimachsero. That's Deimachsero. What are you chaser? So that's my obligation to support. But then the Torah goes on, Asher lo. That both say, what do you think about the phrase Asher lo? That which is missing for him, which now does something amazing, which is, makes the mitzvah of tzedakah subjective. See here, watch this. See, Deimach suro, that which he is missing, right? That's objective. What do people need in order to live? So say, what do people need in order to live? Person needs a place to live. Person needs food. Person needs a little bit of money in their pocket. That, that's objective. Asher yech sarlo means that there is a subjective component to tzedakah. Subjective component. What's the subject? Asher yech sarlo, get ready for this. Afilu. Sus lir kovalov. Even a horse to ride on. Ve'eved larutz lafanov. Or a servant. A servant. To run in front of him. And I will say, now, what do you mean a horse? Now remember again, a horse, a horse, or what was it? So just, so just to kind of go ahead and, get, and explain this over here. So right, the only needs, the only needs a, a form of transportation, right? So what's the form of transportation you could give him? Right? What can you give him? A donkey, right? In other words, what was it? So, to, so to contemporize this a little bit, right? So, 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 Lamaisa, so Lamaisa, what you could do is he needs a form of transportation. What, what can you give him? Give him whatever, give him a Toyota, give him a, give him a Kia, give him whatever, whatever it is that he needs. Now the Torah says, Shayech Salo, a What's a sauce, I will say? What's a sauce? A uh, I don't know, like Lahabla Tesla, right? Do you got it, right? Do you got it, right? A sauce, a sauce, right? So again, so what, and Evid Lawrence Lafano, an Evid to run in front of him, so I will say, now what does this mean? First of all, by the way, this is wild. We'll see Allah Khamai, so what does it actually mean? Because I will say, after this, what the Gemara is trying to highlight over here. What is the mitzvah of tzedakah? Let's, say, let's, analyze, let's analyze a little. What is the mitzvah of tzedakah? What is it? See, we think it's to give money to people. 
The mitzvah of tzedakah, that's why the Torah used Lashon, day yechsar lo. When a person, when a person is impoverished, they're struggling, they're chaser. The goal is to try to help them become whole. Tzedakah is not just a monetary halacha, it's a psychological halacha as well. And when a person had a lot, and now they don't have a lot, now they don't have a lot, not only are they missing funds, but often, again, there's a psychological component of feeling inadequate as well. So the Gemara is telling us that part of the mitzvah of tzedakah is to allow a person to feel good about themselves. And sometimes when a person was once wealthy and now they're no longer wealthy, the mitzvah of tzedakah demands help that person regain their sense of self. Now, unfortunately, sometimes when people are wealthy, their sense of self is rooted in what? Is what? In their money. In their money. So that's not healthy by itself. But Lamaisa, I have to try to help rehabilitate that person to try to get them to a good footing where they feel good about themselves. And how do I do that? Give them the sauce and give them the ever laurels of all. I both say, you know, this is all fine and dandy, but, but Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, what do you do when you have competing needs? So we'll get into that. The point that I just want to highlight, I will say, is that there is a psychological component to tzedakah, which I will say, in so many times, which is so important why we're going to see. The mitzvah of tzedakah is not just about what you give, but equally as important about what you give is what? How you give. Because if you give an exorbitant amount of money, but you make a person feel like a piece of garbage, so that's not the mitzvah of tzedakah. Versus you give a little bit of money, and you make a person feel good about themselves, that is the highest form of tzedakah. We're going to see this. So the Gemara says, Amra Allah v'ahilal azakim, so also they told about Hillel one time that Hillel, Hillel knew a man who was an Ani Ben Tovim. Ani Ben Tovim means he was an Ani, he was a poor person, but he came from a very wealthy family. And Hillel raised the money to go ahead and get him a sus, right? Get him a horse to ride on. The Eben Larus Lafanov. And a servant runs in front of him. Pamachas Lo Matzah Eben Larus Lafanov. One time Hillel could not find an Eben to run in front of this guy, the Ratz Lefanav Shlosha Mila. So Hillel himself, Hillel himself, right, did the 5K, right, in, uh, right in front of this guy. Well, like, there's a whole, there's a, there's much literature on this. First of all, again, the post can bring down, the mar- we shouldn't bring down, there's no mitzvah like this of tzedakah. Furthermore, again, I will say there's a bigger problem. How could Hillel debase himself? How could Hillel debase himself by running in front of this guy like an Eved. So some explain that last part, the Mun Kachirav has a piece on this where he explains, this must have been before Hillel became the Nasi. Because if it was after he became the Nasi, he would not be permitted to engage in such behavior. Hillel said, and it's possible that Hillel was just going above and beyond. The point that the Gemara is trying to make is, no one actually has the obligation to be an Eved in front of someone to make them else feel, to make them feel good. But Lamaise, the Gemara is trying to make a point that the mitzvah of tzedakah is not simply a financial obligation, there's a mental health component in it as well. And whatever you need to do to try to help restore a person's sense of self through tzedakah is an incredible mitzvah as well. Listen to this. There was once a, so there was once a maizah in the people of Galil that they had a certain, certain guy who was from a wealthy family. We'll say, Ani Ben Tovim means, Ben Tovim means he comes from a wealthy family. He himself was an Ani. And what happens in Sipori? So we'll say, so what did they do? Shlach Hulu Ani Ben Tovim Achas Mit Sipori. He was from Sipori. Litra Basar Dechal Yom. And we'll say, they provided him every day with a litra of Basar, one litra of meat. Because that's what he was used to eating. To which the Gemara says, 
Just to give you an idea, what's a litra? A litra is, is a measure somewhere between 12 and 15 grams. 12 and 15 grams. So they gave him between 12 and 15 grams steak every single day. So the says, okay, like, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. So why does it make it sound like it was such a big deal? So Amar Afuna, litra shbasar mishal ofos. So I say, no, 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 it was a litra of meat, a foul meat. So I say, interestingly enough, foul meat was more expensive than, than, than steak, than, than cow meat. And cow meat, the by another possibility is, but litra basar mamish. Ultimately, again, so the Gemara says, Aravashi Yomar Hasan Kfar Katan Hayo, Bechal Yom Ahava Mahsidich Yusa Amitulase. The other Sebo say that Aravashi said that this particular village was not a wealthy village, so there wasn't really a market for meat. So every single day they would slaughter an animal just to provide this guy, this guy, with his steak, even though they would take a loss on the rest of the animal because no one else in the town was able to afford the purchase of meat. Again, I will say, I want to point out, these, one, these are not necessarily halacha lamaisa cases, but they, are being, but they are being discovered, we'll see what halacha lamaisa is, but they're being utilized by the Gemara to highlight this yisod. So I will say, you could have said, if tzedakah is just about providing people with what they need in order to live, then what? Then what? Give the guy a loaf of bread. Give him a loaf of bread and call it a day. Right? Give him a loaf of bread, like a little bit of water, a little bit of wine, a little bit of oil, whatever else, and call it a day. The idea that they're going to such measures to provide these anim with the delicacies that they were used to highlights the say that when a person see when a person has to take, when a person has to take, ultimately will say, what is what does it do? It erodes their sense of self. Which I will say, by the way, the moment that taking does not erode your sense of self is the moment, unfortunately, that you've fallen into even a darker place, right? Taking should always erode my sense of self because the most important thing in life is the ability to be self-sufficient. Now, do we have to take at times in life? Absolutely, absolutely, right? All the, everybody has moments where they have to take, but Lamaisa having to take should be painful. It should be painful. So our goal as the giver is to make it as, as, as least painful as possible. And part of the way I do that is number one, how I give and what I give. By allowing the person to retain a sense of self as to the state, the, the, the level of living you knew beforehand, that's how I help maintain their mental health and their sense of self. Such an incredible use of the Gemara goes weiter. Listen this, was an incredible Gemara. There was a guy who came before Rabbi Nechemya. So he was, poor, he was a poor man. I mean, Nehemiah said, tell me, what is, it, what is it that you used to dine on? Talmudic favorite, right? What did I used to eat, right? Fatty meat and aged wine. So listen, listen to this. Now Rabbi Nehemiah says to the guy, now you know, essentially you're poor. So how about, How about you join me for lentils? Rabbi Nehemiah himself is poor. He says to the guy, why don't you come and join me for lentils? That's what I have to offer. So Gilgal imo ba'adashim umes. The poor man ate the lentil meal and he died. He died as a result of the lentils. So Nechemia said, Amar, lo shahar Woe to this one who was killed by Nechemia. To which the Gemara says, one second. Adraba, lo shahar Shouldn't Nechemia have lamented the fact that he effectively killed this guy? In other words, Nechemia, you should have known better. If he's used to a different kind of diet, 
right? He's obviously eating fatty meat and, and aged wine, and now you're giving him lentils, which is the poor of the poor. Why doesn't it say, Wotin Nechemio killed this guy? They both said, Listen to how profound this Moser is. Ela ihu, delo ibaide lefanuke nafshe kulehai. No, what Nechemio was saying was, You shouldn't have been such a mefunak. In other words, Wotin, this guy, you did it to yourself. You know what I mean? What do you mean you did it to yourself? I was able to say, by being the kind of person who's so high maintenance, you're so high maintenance that the only thing you could eat is fatty meat and aged wine. By putting yourself on such a pedestal, essentially you did yourself. And I will say, what an incredible and overwhelming muster. How careful we have to be. Luxuries are nice. Luxuries are nice. But what's the challenge in life? The challenge in life is when luxuries very quickly become necessities. And that's where things become dangerous. You want to enjoy luxuries? Absolutely. But never forget that your luxuries are not a necessity. And Nechemia says, listen, the moment fatty meat and aged wine becomes your necessity for your daily diet, you've put yourself in a serious amount of incredible. There was a guy who came before Rava. So Rava said to him, what do you eat? What do I eat? I only eat fattened hens. That's what I eat. I go to Viyayash and old wine. Amalei, falochayashta leduchka ditzibura. So I said, listen to this. So Rabbi says to the guy, tell me, Ploni, you're being supported by tzedakah. You're being supported by tzedakah. Don't you feel bad using community funds for fattened hens and aged wine? So I said, listen to this. Amalei, atu midideo kachilna, midrachmona kachilna. So the Ani says, you think I'm using your money? I'm using HaKadosh Baruch Hu's money. The Tanina, because we learned, Literally, again, all the eyes of all living things turn to you for sustenance. And you, Hashem, no, give them what they need to eat. And his appointed time. It doesn't say in their time, rather, in his time, which teaches us what? Teaches us that Hashem gives each living thing his parnasa in its time. So we'll say, so now, this, that's the only saying. The only saying, you think you're providing for me? Hashem is providing for me. So, we'll say, in that moment, as Rav is talking with the Ani, who shows up? His sister, Rava's sister, shows up. Rava's sister, he hasn't seen his sister for 13 years. She comes with a gift. What's the gift she comes bearing? Tarnagolas, Petuma, Ayayin Yashan, a fattened hen and aged wine. She brings it to Rava, and Rava's able to give it to this Ani. Amar Maidikama Amar Silacha. Rava said, You know what? What I told you before, forget it. Forget it. Komecho. Come and eat that which HaKadosh Baruch Hu clearly provided for you. So say, like I said, these Gemaras are not necessarily here for the Halacha Lamaisa import of it. Because again, if someone is being supported by Tzedakah, they absolutely have to be Mitzamsim. They do have to minimize their standard of living because they're living off community funds. The point that the Gemara is trying to highlight to say is what? He said, Halacha Lamaisa, sometimes we think that it's our money that we're giving to Tzedakah. That's what we think. That's what we often look at, tzedakah distribution. I have money. It's my money. I'm doing something charitable and giving it elsewhere. And what the Gemara is trying to highlight to us, I will say is, first of all, it's not my money. It's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's money. 
And the truth is, it's quite possible. The reason why Kaddish Baruch Hu gave me this money was so that I have the ability to go ahead and share it with someone. So both like two weeks ago in the Chassidus Chaburah, two weeks ago in the Chassidus Chaburah, we actually did this concept by Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi Nachman has an incredible, incredible piece, just very quickly, where the Rabbi says that sometimes, it's incredible, sometimes someone else's shefa, someone else's flow, someone else's money comes into my pocket. How that happens, that has a whole arichos on it. But sometimes, and I will say, so when someone comes to me for tzedakah, this is incredible. See, I will say, up until I was Rabbi Nachman, I was like, somebody comes to me for tzedakah, what am I doing? I'm taking my money, giving it to them. Rabbi says, maybe not. Maybe, in fact, when they're coming to you, what they're doing is they're telling you, not, not, with, not with these words, but ultimately, it's their money that ended up in my pocket. And now it's my obligation to go ahead and make good by them and give them that which is rightfully theirs. So I will say, so therefore the Gemara is highlighting over here, not that an ani is supposed to eat fat and hen and age one, because Lamaisa, again, you've got to be careful when you're living, when you're living off the community. But Lamaisa, our hashkafa of tzedakah, is that sometimes the money in my pocket, as much as it's in my pocket, and I've worked for it, and I think I've earned it, therefore it's mine, it's not true. Everything belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and sometimes all I am is the custodian and the steward to get it to the right place. Incredible. The Gemara goes by, Turn Actually, I'm going to stop over at Levi this morning. So you have to just stop a little bit, a little bit earlier. So we're going to stop over here for today. Don't worry, we are perfectly on schedule. We're going to start a little early tomorrow. Today, tomorrow, incredible, incredible sugyas ahead of us, I will say. I'm sorry again for the, for the early ending. We'll stop here.